Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, hey. welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to work on my uh, intro because Joe always critiques it, so good to have you on the podcast. Welcome. This is uh, Joe and Deacon John. John gave a homily at the seminary uh, this past week. And it was the best homily I think I've heard you here. I mean, you've given some great homilies. Oh, but just keep it coming. Okay. <laughs> it was the first one you weren't, where you weren't screaming. So <laughs> that was awesome. Um, but he gave he started off his podcast saying, I'm, this is like Monday of the first week of Advent. And he's like, his first line is, I don't know about you guys, but I'm totally sick of Christmas. <laughs> Which was true. Which, I was with my family. And, uh, you know, I have one of these mothers who it's like the way she shows love, the way you love her is by shopping with her on Black Friday. And it was like, the most terrific experience of my life, but I had enough Christmas from that day to be like, uh, no, thank you. So, no, it was a great homily though. But yeah, it's true, man. We're rolling right into Starbucks as their little Christmas yeah. cups. Let's go back to this homily though. Just keep telling us about how great it was and kind of you know. So. Well, I actually filled out a great evaluation that I can't find. So John gave me a, a little evaluation form. He has to for his homiletics class, you know, and I I filled it out and we have to film. It. We have to film homilies for our class and then watch them. It's like the most painful thing ever to watch yourself. Uh, but it's even more painful when the guy you give the evaluation to loses it, <laughs> and it's due in about an hour and a half. So and we're just doing a podcast instead yeah, of whatever. trying we'll to work podcast this anyways. And this uh, special shout our problems out, away. Especially shout out podcast our problems away. Special shout out to uh, Mike, our producer, who is probably sleeping right now. So I know. Thanks for joining us. Good to spirit. see you, Mike. Hopefully, we'll see you. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's enough. <laughs> wow, that was that was really special. Cool. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, so you're probably like, all right, this is about Advent wreaths because it's clear that's what you clicked on, right? Is it Advent wreaths or Advent? I haven't seen the topics. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. I'll start off with Advent and, okay. uh, go on Advent. Real question real quick though. Yeah. Do you remember the first gift I gave you ever in our friendship? Oh no, absolutely not. I'll give you a hint. It's, I think it's under my, uh, passenger side of my car seat. Andrew Peterson CD. That's right, man. Yeah. Is that why you asked about that yesterday? Uh, no, I just, it was kind of like two things on my mind at once. And if you gave me that, why is it in your car? Really? <laughs> That's what I want to know, because you gave me the car. Uh, there, I gave you the car. It's the seat when you gave it to uh, me. Touche. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. um, there's an Andrew Peterson CD. In fact, the music that you heard at the start of this podcast is from that CD. Uh, it's an awesome CD, and I only talk about it because I was, this podcast is about Advent, in a way. You know, it's the Advent season, so it'd be cool to do something. We'll go a little deeper. But yeah. this CD is a great way to prepare for the Christmas season. It's called Behold the Lamb of God. Uh, Andrew Peterson is one of my favorite artists. It's on sale at Best Buy for fifteen ninety nine. Exactly. Nobody buys CDs. Andrew anymore. Peterson is clearly not listening to this podcast. I, he's not Catholic, and he doesn't even know who we are. So, but Dr. J. But he's getting a plug. Dr. J would not like it because it's a little probably Maybe it's a little too hee-haw for his taste, as he might have found out at the beginning of this podcast. But it's great. It, the, it's called Behold the Lamb of God, and it tells the Christmas story um, but not just like the nativity story about Mary and Joseph. It kind of tells it from a salvation history perspective, yeah. you know, and really with maybe six or seven tracks with really broad strokes, just kind of painting the story of Israel's history, waiting for a savior, the song about the Passover lamb right. uh, and Moses and a song about the prophets and longing for a kingdom and king, you know, on a throne full of power with a sword in his fist, you know, like there is, there's a, this longing in Israel uh, that is really brought out in this CD. And there's some fun songs, too. Like a, now, I, I know the whole geneal- genealogy of do Jesus not, Do not sing Matthew that song right now. Do not sing that. Because of the song on there. Joe, so. we need to give them a, a warning, though. Andrew Peterson is a, is a great Christian man, and he is steeped in Scripture, and he's a real <laughs> poet. But you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> I know. You, you're so critical of his he, voice. He 
Okay, I like it. I have a couple of his CDs, but he's got a little bit of the Kermit the Frog thing going on. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's, I, that's true. I'll give you that. But it's still worth buying. It is definitely worth buying. It's, I'm a big fan, uh, as you might be able to tell. Right. From. As you look away from me in shame. I'm sorry I said that. No, but no. I, I feel like I had to tell him. That's so. <laughs> good. You warned. And I have to warn you, too. This is this is such a bad thing for a Catholic podcast. But one of the songs, there's a little bit of a heresy in it, but it's a beautiful song. It's just about, I think it like denies the fourth Marian dogma about her perpetual it, it, that's virginity. That's you know. I, I, but, you know, yeah, um, you if you can pl- look over that, there's a lot more good than, than bad, but yeah. I don't want to I don't want to endorse that, uh, you know, that interpretation. That'd be another good podcast topic, actually. Perpetual virginity of Mary. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you can do that. that's that's theology. That's yeah, all you, you're all about that man. Schmology. I'm only a first theologian. So. Okay, tell us about Advent first theologian. All right. So Advent, what's the deal with Advent? Why do we have Advent? I was just at a Denver County Jail, um, giving a reflection to the inmates there, not a homily, a reflection. Okay. And uh, part of it, I was talking about Advent. Why do we have this Advent season? You know, because the culture and Starbucks and all the people that you saw when you were shopping are pretty much wrapped up in Christmas already. I mean, right after Thanksgiving starts, ends, Christmas begins. Right. So what's the point of Advent? Um, and what I see is why I love Advent's one of my favorite seasons. And what I love about it is that it's all about why do we need Christ? Why do we, you know, what's the deal? It's like Christmas is great. Everyone knows Christmas, birth of Christ. That's awesome. But honestly, like who cares? if Who cares that Christ is here um, if we don't know why we are in desperate need of him to be here? That's an interesting point. I never thought of that, that the Christmas is kind of like the what happened, and but the Advent is the why. It's like so yeah. if you never ask why did this happen, if you never prepare your heart with that question, then it doesn't doesn't even matter. You're just like, yep, it happened. Okay, great. Exactly. And so good. it's really reflecting upon our desperate need for a king to order our lives, to order the world, to bring peace to the world. Uh, our desperate need for God, you know, and for the infinite, and really to kind of be in solidarity with the Israelites for you know the first four thousand years uh, or so, according to scripture, right. of you know, create or of, of um, people living in the world without Christ, without God um, incarnate in the world, you know. So, really getting into their mindset of like longing for re- redemption, longing for a savior, um, and also to so there's two comings we're really focused on the historical coming of Christ in time and the eschatological, the at the end of time, the last coming, you know, we right. believe that in decree we say, you know, he will come again to judge living and the dead. So we're looking forward to the, the, that coming of Christ as well. And there's also a coming into our own hearts. Right. Uh, right now, you know, why do I need you, Christ? So right. it's just a great time to prepare. Um, Advent, actually, I didn't know this, but it was borrowed from, uh, it's, it's an old thing. We've been doing it in the church for, I think, like 1,600 years, from the 4th century. We've I was been just going to say, just make up a number. <laughs> I'll just joke. No, in the 4th century, we started doing Advent. I think they there was a 40 days of preparation for Lent from the early church. Right. And they're like, hey, Lent's so awesome, we should do something we like this for Christmas. Like it was really for Epiphany at first, but they had this time of preparation. Um, but it's been practiced in the church. This is it's not just like, you know, some people might be like, why do Catholics do this Advent thing? Right, like, right, most right. Christians don't do this. Some right. other... Some other Christians do, but most Christians don't. Like, what's the point? Well, it's like, well, you know what? Christians have been doing this for much longer than they have not. You know, yeah. so this is a this is a big part of what is just the Christian life and living it. So, uh, but we're not here to talk about Advent specifically. We're going to talk about one of the most famous Advent traditions that you'll find in a lot of Catholic homes. Advent wreaths. Yes, not the Jesse tree. If not the Jesse tree. Now, listen, we have uh, the downstairs in our kitchen uh, right now. This is a bunch of dudes, and so we have. These four candles, but we have no greenery or anything. Does that constitute as an advent? Oh, wreath? no. You're going to hear why. You're okay. pretty much 
because we're totally just, a pagan. We're just lazy. In fact, that you, I think that is a pagan tradition that you just Ooh. adopted. So this pagan. is like a Boulder podcast. We talked yeah. about marijuana, marijuana last, last week. Last now week. we're talking about yeah, pagan religions. I know. Hey, hey, Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, okay. we're gonna get a lot of shout outs. In exactly. Um, yeah. So Advent Reese, did you, did you ever do a Jesse tree? By the way, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I thought that was a joke <laughs> about your sister. No, it's not about my sister Jessica. Although uh, I think the reason why we don't have some of the okay, well, the Jesse tree is this. I don't even know what it is. My mom's gonna be horrified when she hears it if she hears this. But uh, something I don't know. Some Catholics do it out there. It's like all I know is we like went and got a, like an old dead tree from the woods and hung these little ornaments on it that had like scripture passages in the back in advent well yeah during advent it was about like i don't know what it was about but we all i know is that like maybe the dog ate like four of the little ornaments so we didn't even have the complete set so oh, that's yeah so i'm sorry if i'm offending I, any i think that sounds jesse like tree a very practice. special domain family practice <laughs> maybe i've heard of jesse trees outside it's not yeah. it's not one of the advent calendars you guys have downstairs no so that's pretty not... sweet in two days now i didn't get the chocolate these guys keep snaking them 6 a.m and the chocolate's gone for the day anyways back to advent reese <laughs> advent reese so okay so advent reese is probably the most popular right. christmas tradition or advent tradition people have in their homes right. a lot of people have them on their dinner tables uh in most churches parishes you'll see an advent wreath so there's but there's a lot of symbolism here uh, and there's a lot of beauty to kind of be drawn out of this that, you know, as Catholics, a lot of times we do these things, but we don't understand the fullest meaning behind them. Right. So we're going to go into that. Right. First, let's talk about where it came from. Why do we do this? Okay. Um, we actually, we don't really exactly know where it came from exactly. We know we've been doing it for, since about the 15th century. 15th. Um, and what they know, what they do know, they, I thought this is kind of fun. Germans, like pre-Christian Germans, back in the, you know, cold, dark winter, December days, they would have a wreath with candles on it and they would, pray, you know, just as a reminder that the warmth is coming again, you know, the sun will come out again. Uh, and just kind of hope Germans, in the darkness. What beautiful people. I know. It's just amazing. It's true. You 50% German, you. I know. And then the Scandinavians, this is your pagan thing. Yeah. They would, you know, I've never been to Scandinavia, but I imagine it's like completely freezing cold right, all right, the time, but right. except for a few months. But during the cold, they would make this big wooden wheel and put all these candles on it and, you know, go outside and pray to the sun god to turn the world back towards the sun to make the days longer and warmer i mean which makes a lot of sense to me i mean if right. i was a non-christian pagan scandinavian in instead of like freezing my butt off in my little scandinavian house i could yeah it's like how many villages can you raid as a viking and then you want to do something else <laughs> seriously you know? why not pray to the god sun of the sun exactly. to bring exactly. the warmth back you know but now they're you know hopefully most of them are christians and they do that but anyway that was before the advent wreath but they think maybe it came from this kind of tradition of like wreath and candles and stuff like that but all we know is that the lutherans actually started doing it first right or yeah. lutherans as my grandmother from minnesota says the lutherans the lutherans um but they're lutefisk yeah go ahead continue i don't know what that means <laughs> i uh <laughs> i um i'm sorry that's okay i'm just laughing at your face um i'm trying to look really intensely focused i know I'm that so add so the lutherans stole it from the Scandinavians, or they inherited it from them, okay. or started doing it. And I think the Catholics were just like, "Hey, that's a great idea!" Wink, yeah, and Shwink. took it from them. And now we have Advent. So Advent are a Lutheran, a Lutheran thing. thing. Just like you know, Andrew Peterson's not Catholic, but yeah. we all our old cook his... Eric Rolf Fronson would be very happy to hear that he he's would, a Lutheran I, who worked at our Catholic seminary and uh, an awesome, awesome, awesome guy, cook and chef. But he'll be very happy to hear this. So. That's true. So I'm sure he's rocking his Advent wreath right now. I bet he is. Absolutely. Kitchen table. Absolutely. All right. So what is the Advent wreath comprised of? The basically two main elements. There's a wreath of fresh green plants, usually right. like pine or you know a holly or something like that, some sort of evergreen, and then you have four candles, right? So let's talk about the wreath first. Okay. The symbolism in the wreath. First of all, it's circular. 
circular, uh, the circle is always a symbol for eternity, right? Um, and what it represents, the circular shape, is that in Christmas, uh, as we prepare for the the eternal God to come into our lives, to touch, to come into our our finite reality, the infinite is stepping in, the eternal is stepping in. Right. So basically, we encounter divinity uh, at this time, at this time of Christmas. You know, so it's kind of a reminder uh, of that, which I think is really cool. Uh, the second thing is. Uh, the the fresh plants. What does they symbolize? They symbolize um, <clears throat> a, a that Christ comes to give us life, give us eternal life, and it symbolizes the immort, immort, immortality of our own soul. You know, so all in all, the, all together, the wreath of evergreens depicts the immortality of our soul and the new everlasting life promised to us through Christ, the eternal Word of the Father, who entered our world, becoming true man, victorious over sin and death through His own passion, death, and resurrection. So excellent, really cool. So uh, that's the evergreen, and I don't know what it symbolizes if you have like the like, the plastic green wreath around i know some people we don't even have plastic green here we just have you know like the candles. the fake the fake yeah. uh wreath i think it just symbolizes so we should like, get some real stuff is that what you're saying exactly so yeah i know if if you if you don't want to go out and get the uh you know the real evergreen stuff you know some people have the plastic and but the evergreen is important it's a symbol of the life that jesus comes and the the immortality of our own soul and the plastic kind of symbolizes that you're a total sellout or something like right, that. I'm, right. I'm just you're kidding. already celebrating Christmas probably. <laughs> you're seriously. Yeah. Why don't you go to Starbucks? Exactly. I'm just kidding. I Which have, we I have like. a Starbucks gift yeah. card in my wallet right now. <laughs> um, so the candles, there's three purple candles right. and one pink candle. So the purple are, and how the, how it works for those who aren't familiar with this custom is that for each week of Advent, Advent's a four week long thing. For each week, you light a candle one at a time. So first week's one candle's lit, second week, two candles, and so on from there. Um, and the first two weeks are purple, third week is pink. I'd like to say it's rose, not <laughs> pink, because I'm going to be wearing vestments that day that are not pink. And everyone's going to be like, nice pink, some father, blah, blah. Everybody does that every year. I'm just like, and that's oh like every gosh. priest wants to defend himself. They're rose. That's right. Okay, continue. You will never wear pink. Um, and the last, the last one is purple again. So... The purple is a symbol of penance, right. preparation, sacrifice, kind of like Lent. Lent, right? We wear, we wear purple in Lent. We wear purple in Advent. Cool. Because Advent is a penitential season. Right. A lot of people don't know that. It's just like we're waiting, you know. But there is an element of repentance, a call to return to the Lord, prepare your heart, stir up this longing. Right. But the pink or the rose, ah, I'm sorry, yeah, okay. is also a sign of rejoicing. Rejoice. Uh, and, and excitement and hope. And we call that Gaudete. Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete. Yes. Your Latin's fresher than mine. It's true. Sorry. Um, so yeah, the, this Advent is a time of hopeful expectation. It's an it's a beautiful time because it's like hope. Hope is not just something like oh, I you know I hope this happens. Yeah. I don't know, but hope implies a real. I know this is going to happen, um, and it implies faith that God will come into my heart. God did come to this earth, and He will come again. It's a confidence that it will, and looking forward to it. So it's it's less of a painful thing, like oh, you know, I just I don't know. I hope this happens. Who knows? Yeah. But it's much more of like a, a joyful expectation. Right. We we're joyfully expect, expecting Christ to enter our lives. And as Saint Thomas says, joy is the sign of true hope. Yes. That that, that is the authentic fruit of, of real hope. There you go. Very cool. Um, and there's one uh, other candle thing. This is kind of more of a modern adaptation. A lot of people on Christmas Eve will put a white candle in the center oh, really? to symbolize kind of the coming of Christ. He's coming tonight. Or we'll replace all the candles with white, all four candles with white candles. I bet those are the same people who have Jesse trees. Who are <laughs> Actually, that. it's true. We did it in my home, I know. <laughs> oh, uh, your mother's going to kill me. When she, she is. She, we're, not making, we're not making friends Sorry, here in Mom, the Dome household. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so those are the, the, the four candles. 
the wreath. This is the whole thing. And it's a beautiful thing because there's also prayers. I didn't know this. We didn't do this growing up. But there's prayers that the father of the house um, traditionally can pray as he's lighting each candle at the beginning of the week. Beautiful. Um, I'm not going to read them because they're long here. But maybe if Mike wasn't sleeping right now, maybe he could put them on the website. Exactly. Yeah, but people could probably just Google that, don't you think? I think so. Yeah, they're beautiful prayers, though. And, and any Catholic fathers out there listening who are like, this might be a cool tradition to do. Great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all in all, the Advent wreath is just... It's a great thing because it's a it's a way to keep Christ in Christmas, and it's a way to really remind us in the hustle and bustle of our culture and society, and kind of jumping to Christmas right away to remember the Advent season and uh, in our home, it's right there. And right. so, what we would do growing up, and this is kind of the tradition, if it's in the Catholic home, on the dinner table, you in the center, you have the Advent wreath, and before you have dinner, you might sing a song, or you might pray one of these prayers, and the youngest the youngest present who's able to uh, will light light the candle. This didn't happen to my family. I burned down my room when I was like four years old. So oh, really? I well, wasn't Anna, to play with the matches. younger one. No. Anna now uh, light the candle, and uh, and it's kind of a cool thing. We used to shut the lights off, sing like O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, or something like that, and they're kind of, there's this mystery uh, that comes into our lives yeah. um, at Christmas, and this is a way, you know, with the lights off and the, the beauty of the, you know, ambiance of the experience. It's just a really cool thing. Very sacramental. Um, I think that's great. And you have to do it physically. You have to have candles and songs and prayers and um, bring the lights down. These are things that, like, bring it alive, especially for children with their imagination. Absolutely. This will, like, paints the season. It makes it real for them. Absolutely. And it's a great way to catechize our children, but it's also a great way to remind ourselves of the reason for this. And, yeah. and that's such a, a huge fallout. I mean, one of the reasons this podcast that you guys decided to start this is because there's been such a lack of catechesis right. for the last few generations in the church. Um, because not just because the church isn't catechizing as much or hasn't catechized, but because people in their homes aren't catechizing their own children. Right. You know, so this is a great way, a great practice to do. If you want to live the faith, make it more real in your experience, in your home, in your life. Get an Advent wreath, one that's really evergreen, way better than mine. That's all <laughs> we're saying. So excellent, excellent. very great. good stuff. So. Yeah, that is good stuff. That is good stuff. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com on Facebook. If you like Catholic stuff, tell your friends. Hey, there you go. Tell your friends. It's a good thing. All right. You going to say goodbye or something? All right, see ya. (laughs) 